Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello and happy Friday. Thanks for joining us and tuning in to the After Show on AfterBuzz TV for Defending Jacob, the newest and hottest series on Apple Plus. I am Latoya Blakely, your host, and I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Kay Montgomery, our human development and school counseling professional. Welcome. <laughs> hey, I got on my Duffy outfit today for you guys. Looking real good. <laughs> We're also joined by Elgin Ball, who is a huge Chris Evans fan. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. What's up, guys? I'm so ready to get into this episode because it was spicy. It was spicy. Um, we have a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. We're going to be talking about courtroom adversaries, prison realities, and fact versus fiction, because they're throwing out a lot of, a lot of something, a lot of um, possibilities. And <laughs> we got to sort through this and figure out what's real and what's not real. We also have our special segment brought to us by Kay. She's been doing a really great job. Um, and then we'll have news and gossip by Elgin, predictions. And that's it. So let's just jump right in. Tell me your overall thoughts. Ooh, I, this, this episode. So thinking, I watched it, yes. and, and I just kept thinking about it. Like I was thinking different scenarios, and even up until maybe fifteen minutes ago, I just had a stroke of like, oh, maybe it was this, and had another idea. So it was one of those deep episodes that just got kept me guessing and made me just keep thinking. Yeah, I watched this episode literally an hour before uh, doing this today because I like I want this all fresh in my head and I'm still shook about what happened. Like it was so much stuff that happened, so many betrayals that happened in here. I'm just I'm shot. (laughs) There was a lot in this episode. I agree. And I have to say that there are a few things that stick out to me. One, I see Lori's character increasingly becoming the outsider. Um, I just feel like she's watching a horror movie that she is emotionally invested in, but it's almost like she has no stake because she just seems to be watching Mm -hmm. this happen to people that she knows. Um, And I also really liked the courtroom scene. I love that judge. I love that bailiff. And I was like, I wonder if this bailiff is a real bailiff. Like her call to action at the beginning (laughs) was so (laughs) legit. Um, so to me, this was a really good episode with a lot of good information, a lot of good storytelling. Um, so let's just get into it. The episode starts with Neil and Andy at the bar. And this seems to have been years ago. Neil was about to try his first murder case and Andy was still his mentor. And then we cut straight from that scene to the beginning of this trial. And so we really got to see what Neil and Andy used to be and now what Neil and Andy are today. Neil being the prosecutor to Andy's son and then Andy joining the defense team. What did you all think about this? 
I thought it was a really cool flashback. I mean, I was like, why is Obama in this scene? And then I realized, like, oh, they're trying to show us the flashback because, you know, we saw some of the steals from this episode. And I was like, what are they doing hanging out? So I think it was really interesting to show that um, Andy is the one who trained him. So Andy is going to be the best person to fight against him because he knows exactly his, you know, modes, like his modes of operandi, you know what I mean? Like he knows the MO, he knows how he's going to come at Jacob because he trained him, you know, not to humanize the defendant, stand really close to the jury, all these really interesting tips. And I think it was interesting to see that even from the jump, Neil is always out to win, like never out for like what's true, what's right, what's just, he just kept saying, you really think I'm going to win? Do I have a chance to win? You know, and that really gave us an insight into Neil as a character. He's all about winning. What do you think, Algin? Uh, I think with the flashback, I love moments like that because I feel like sometimes people use exposition in various ways and they try to use flashbacks in a way to like get this extra like meaty stuff in the show without having to... Um, put it in present time and I and I think a lot of people mess that up sometimes but this show like does it so perfectly uh, especially with uh, recurring flashbacks you know the one with Lori and, and watching her son about to kill a kid with a bowling ball but, but we that's besides that's neither here or there um, but the way that they use it to show parallels because I think a lot of people use flashbacks and then there's no connection but the fact that they're able to show the parallels of who these people were then to where they are now is is so excellent. And I think they they use that in such a good way to repel the story for it. That was a really good insight. Um, and mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I agree with what Kay was saying. Like to mm-hmm. Andy taught Neil, but I wondered mm-hmm. if we were gonna have that moment of when student becomes teacher. Because that happens at times, you know, sometimes the student surpasses the teacher. I don't think that's happening here. It seems that Neil is very ego driven and and even throughout mm-hmm. the trial, the days in court, you can just see Neil and like that ego just being chipped at. And every hit he takes it so personally. Um and so it's just interesting and I'm really interested in what happened with their relationship. Like at what point that they go from being friendly colleagues who are helping each other to mm-hmm. this extremely adversarial um Neil is out for blood and he seems like he's been that way for a while. But also, mm-hmm. let me ask you to this because I haven't figured it out. We keep seeing Andy at this proceeding in court that has now become clear to me that it's after the trial. Have you all picked up on that? Oh, yeah. yeah. As a lawyer, I was thinking this, I was like, I gotta, we got to ask Latoya about this as a, as a lawyer because I'm sure she knows what this is. So like, maybe... Um, I wonder if it's, uh, because it seems like Andy is on trial. So I wonder if actually um, Jacob is exonerated or found not guilty. I don't know the correct term. Mm -hmm. And then what they do uncover is all the shady stuff that Andy did. Because when he's questioning him, he started, he knew about the knife, you know, in the beginning. And he's questioning him like specifically about his behavior. So I wonder if Andy is in some some sort of trouble you and sure? official trial, but I don't I don't know if Lori returns until you probably know like whatever they your arraignment, whatever when they before they bring you up on trial on um, charges and they like have you come in or whatever. I don't know. 
No. And so in the beginning, when we first started seeing this, because we've, since I feel like episode one, we've always seen Andy in court in whatever this proceeding was. And I originally thought it was a grand jury proceeding, which, you know, the grand jury is whether or not you're going to indict someone and charge them with something. But then it became clear that it wasn't a grand jury proceeding. And like you said, it seems like Andy is in a position of defense. Um, He looks like he's had a rough time and but it doesn't really look like a trial either. So, so then I was like, I well, maybe exactly it's like, what it is. Do you Ooh, like tell it? us what is it? So I told y'all last week. I went and saw the other, you know, with these court proceedings with just him in there, and they keep on talking about Lori this whole entire time. So I feel like, why isn't she there? What? Why isn't Jacob and Lori there? Why is he just there by himself? And the man looks stressed the whole entire time. Something so happened stressed. To something happened to him. To Lori and Jacob. Yeah, I know, so, I know something happened. Before, before, they, before his but sentence. Then, but, but still, what, I don't know what kind of proceeding it would be. Proceeding that is? I feel yeah. like it's a whole nother trial. I'm going to have to like, it's gonna be season two. Maybe he, he killed them. Who knows? Andy is an interesting <laughs> man, so I, don't, I put very little past him. They were asking a lot about her. That's true. Well, how was she feeling at this time? And was she she was feeling different than you were feeling, wasn't she? That's true. That just makes me feel like I need to go back and watch like every episode. No, what? I'm not gonna do this. I'm not. What I'm is not. it? I'm not. What if she killed? Yeah. Okay. No. No. We gonna keep going. Now, what was you saying? I'm going crazy right now because there's so many theories running through my head and I'm just not about to just see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy theory. Let's do it, honey. Something happened. What did y'all think about Neil's courtroom tactics? Did you feel as though he was playing fairly? Come on, Kay, talk to me. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's all part of the game. I, I know for a fact that is all stuff that... Um, that's all stuff that Andy trained him on. That is really mm-hmm. your coming home to roost. And he did what he had to do. Like when he, I, I think we all knew, I mean, there was a bit of foreshadowing, but you knew he was going to work the dad in there some kind of way. And how he got uh, Duffy to say that the dad was a murderer Man. and bring up Billy Barber, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, that was good. Good. I mean, Neil is really good. He brought the the knife in the plastic bag. He was doing the whole bit. Like I, I was just, I was actually. I know we are we are from from Andy's vantage point and from Jake's vantage point. We're supposed to hate Neil, but listen, he does a good job. He does what you know. He does what he does. And I also think it's interesting that his name is Low Judas. They don't spell it the same way. It's spelled like, you know, J-U-I-C-I-B-E-C-E or whatever. But Judas, very interesting. Just like Judas in the Bible, right? He's the main one that betrayed hey. And I mean, betrayed Jesus. And that is what the Judas is doing. He's well, who is the Jesus? Because it surely is not Andy. <laughs> oh, he's somewhere else. He's not here. <laughs> of like he's the betrayer like you thought that you guys were friends but he turned on you he sold you out Judas I, is going to sell out so that's really interesting and I just think that as a defense attorney to me it's just a dirty prosecutor 
because you you know what you can't do and what you can't do. You've approached the judge. The judge has said no, and you're still testing that line. And so when the defense attorney called for a mistrial, I was like, it absolutely should be a mistrial. And when the judge was like, you can't unring the bell, you can't unring the bell. You can't be like, oh, you didn't hear that. No, they definitely heard it. But they kept letting me go. I was like, Brian, you just said it. Okay. Right. Which is, I just think they've done a really good job of portraying actual trials and the way that it actually happens in courtrooms. I think mm-hmm. there are so many procedural shows and legal shows where it's not quite right. Um, and there are parts of this show that to me weren't quite right, especially with the investigation. But as far as a courtroom and a trial, they've done a really good job. Yeah, you yeah. know for sure on that jury room, because I've been in a jury before and you know how it is in a jury. Like they're going to bring up that old stuff that nobody was supposed to hear. It's still going to factor in. I skipped out on jury. But, you know, that's another story. That is you another story. On a jury. <laughs> I hear something crazy that a jury has decided when they didn't convict the people for Michael Brown, when Eric Gardner's cops got off. That's what you have to think about. You, They mm-hmm. need level-headed, smart people on a jury. Because juries be wilding. Wild. That is true. Well, they never want me on a jury. I don't make it past. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. Now is a good time to thank our guests, our guests, our viewers, our listeners for watching and and listening because we could not do this show without you. I hope that you can tell that we love showing up here together on Fridays discussing this show that's so good and so entertaining and so thought-provoking. So thank you for watching. Please keep watching. Give us a thumbs up, a like, comments. We like reading the comments. And we have one more episode. So make sure you tune back in next Friday for the season finale of Defending Jacob. Dad called. Andy's dad called. <laughs> I cannot remember his name. Billy, um, Billy Bloody, Bloody Billy. Barber. Bloody, Bloody Billy. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, the more we see of him, the more I really start to wonder if he's innocent. Because remember last episode, I said, I, I know, okay, you think he did it. Maybe he did do it. <laughs> but I said last episode, Maybe this hard persona is what he's had to become in prison. And so this episode, we got to see him talk about prison. He was like, it ain't no joke. Like, this is not a place for anyone, especially not my grandson. So I just want to know, what do you all think about Billy? Do you think he's actually interested and invested in Jacob from like a, a true place of caring and concern? Or what do you think it is? I think he actually cares. Um, because if you weren't, and there's no other motive you could have besides in the beginning, like where he was like trying to get out of jail, but there isn't no other motive than that, than just him trying to help out his grandson. I don't see any other, uh, ulterior motive that he can have for that. So I think he does care. Um, what kind of like made me very suspicious was like when he asked about Pat, did he really do it? Do you think that he did it? And we haven't seen much of the the strong arm guy. So that really makes me believe that he ain't no PI. But there's a connection between those two. But that's none of my business. So <laughs> none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting also that Billy keeps bringing up reporters. 
Like he brought up reporters last time. Well, you know, these reporters keep get coming around. These reporters keep wanting to, want me to give them a story and da 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 da. So it's only a matter of time, I think, before he goes forward with reporters with some kind of story. I agree with Elgin though. I think that he really does care about Jacob, which I find really strange, but he's proven himself to kind of be an interesting character. Um, he seems really sensitive. He's very upset that um, uh, Andrew didn't show him any loyalty, which I find fascinating. I just can't unpack why he would think that Andy would be super loyal to him with the, you know, all the stuff he's done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I find it really interesting. I definitely think that he is connected with Father O'Leary. I think Father O'Leary is working for him and is his strong guy. And I'll tell you guys a little, we'll get into that a little bit more um, when we move into the next topic. But yeah. Okay. I, I agree with you too. I do think that O'Leary is connected to Billy in some way, whether he's just mm -hmm. there to like look out for them or like he's going to do something to someone. I do think that he is working with Billy. I agree. I think he's legitimately concerned about Jacob. I even think he's concerned about Andy, you know, and, and Kay, you said with all the things he's done to Andy, well, he really hadn't done a whole lot because he's been out of his life since Andy was five. And we don't mm -hmm. really know what their life and re relationship looked like before he was accused of this thing and was sent to prison. So we know that. And then we got to see their interaction in the prison. As a, as, a, as a child when Andy was five. Um, I just think there's a lot more to Billy than what we've been told and what we've seen. And I, I definitely think he has a genuine care and concern for that family, his family. And prison is a rough place. And he is 110% correct in saying that and saying this is no place for a kid like Jacob. Like Jacob wouldn't last a day. So. Uh, but and tell a little bit from their relationship from the small interaction at the jail. If you had been sentenced to prison and your five-year-old son had come to see you and you had a good relationship and you were a good father, you would be speaking in loving terms to your son. You would be like, daddy's in here. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to see you. And I'm so glad you came to see me. You're not going to snatch your kid up by the arm when you have a good relationship with them and be like, hey, look at me, talk to me. Ah, blah, blah. Like, uh, I mean, I, I just don't kinda, know. Yeah, go ahead, Elgin. Yeah, you know, one thing about this show is that it only shows you the perspective of another person. And we necessarily didn't get another perspective from that, from his eyes as a kid, but. Um, we see that other people think a certain way and then another character who who saw the same thing has a different perspective. So who's to say that was the right perspective that he had as a kid? And with Lori, when she was in the therapy office with a lady about her seeing her son with the bowling ball. That's a really good point because we only saw it from Andy's perspective as a child. And I think that's what you're saying, that like we mm -hmm. didn't see that interaction from anyone else. And back to what Kay said, I just don't know. You know, I guess I can just see, I can imagine different scenarios as well as think back to my own clients and the jails that I've been in. And, and you just see all kinds of things for all kinds of reasons. Mm -hmm. And so I just still, I believe that there's a lot more to the dad, Billy, than what we've seen so far. We only have one episode left, so I don't know. 
how much we're going to get in terms of answers <laughs> maybe yeah. in season two because they get to stay they got a season two so yeah so maybe we'll get some of those answers and that takes us into factor fiction we're talking about perception and seeing things through other people's eyes and like what's true what's not true we had two bombs drop <laughs> and explode during this episode starting with the story of job um so jacob writes under Job's stories I think that was the name and it's his initials and he writes this story about the murder of Brit by I don't remember what the other character's name was um and up until this point trials seemed to be going favorably for Jacob and then this story is read in the courtroom and anyone who doubted Jacob's guilt or thought he was innocent seems to now think differently what do you all think about that story and do you think that it's a confession or a fantasy? Go ahead, Ilja. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think it could be taken two ways. It could be taken as the way that I think that he's the killer. And, you know, he was just artistically, you know, saying how he killed this kid. or it could be taken as he wasn't the killer and this is someone who's been through so much pain from this person that he thinks the that a way to find some resolution was to put out this story of how he got killed as a way of revenge so i think it could be taken those two ways but yeah he killed them that was a confession in, in, a, in a sense okay oh can i say the best part about the revelation uh for me was seeing Andy finally crack because up until then he is with Lori like no how could you even consider it there's no way she even did it and how they just get in the car and Lori already knows like the look on her face hey you know she's front running for the interviews yeah. but how he just can't even start the car and he just whips around and he's like did you do it that I have been waiting for that for seven episodes Yo, I was that like, hurt me Ask him the hard question. And then how Jacob, like, no. Like how he said no is so weird. Like the intonation on his no. I was like, mm, I don't like that no. And then he looks and out away the his eyes. no again. I was like, ooh, there is so much going on here. Oh, I, that scene just, I was like, this this is like, it's probably, that was probably my favorite scene of the entire series. Him whipping around and doing that knowing the knowing the oh my goodness. And then just Lori just being frozen in the front seat. So after that, I was like, oh, he did it. His note wasn't good enough. <laughs> 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 he did it. But then we get to pass and he writing on the back of the thing. He's sweating bullets. He writing on the back of the thing. I did it. Okay. So then I go, hmm, weird. So it's pass. But then I thought it was his. This is what I'm talking his about. His perspective. So I'm sweeping. I'm cleaning up. The show then went off. Y'all, I'm thinking about other stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. Strong arm guy. I'm like, yeah. And in prison, got Father O'Leary to roll up on your boy, Pats. He told Pats, you won't write this confession or I'm going to kill you. That's why Pat's is sweating bullets and shaking because he's like, I got to write this dang old confession. This dude going to kill me. So it's not a true confession. 
he gonna die anyways though because you can't have nobody sitting up on that chopping block don't know what to say so the only way to shut somebody up is to kill him and act like they killed themselves and wrote that letter so they don't have to it's all the all the the ties are loosened or whatever it's done i i don't know if he gonna kill pat i'm not gonna say that but i'm saying father o'leary coerced that confession that's why he's father o'leary because he'd be making people confess stuff. <laughs> oh goodness, that's so good. Father killed him. That's good. That's good. Father killed him, so he, so he, so he can't, you know, go back on what he was saying when he wrote that letter. Okay. So, so just let me make sure that I'm at the mm-hmm. same party y'all are at. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father O'Leary forced Pat's to make this confession. Per K. Mm-hmm. Adding on Elgin's theory that Father O'Leary is via, via Billy. Via Billy. Via the reason Father O'Leary is saying right. Right, via Billy. And then adding on Elgin's theory is that Pats is going to die at the hands of Father O'Leary. I'm not with that because I'm not But he's gonna make it seem like it's a suicide. Like people write suicide notes all the time. That's yeah, why that's- he said, forgive me. Right, and it did feel like a suicide note, especially with the sweat and the tears and the and he and he has the subpoena. You know what? I didn't even think about that. I think that's great on both of y'all's part. I just thought that he was so under the pressure and the thought of going back into a courtroom and under the scrutiny, and they're going to ask me this. And we know that he was watching Ben, and he had pictures of Ben, and all of this is going to come out. I just stopped. My thoughts stopped there, that it was just too much pressure. I didn't believe the confession. I was like, this is too easy. Like, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like where y'all are going. But then that brings the question, they're going to find his body because he's not going to show up to court. If Elgin is right, if he gets killed because they subpoenaed him, he's not going to show up to court. They're going to go looking for him. They're going to find him dead, find the confession. And then what happens? And then that's why Andy's on trial now because there's some, somebody finds some kind of evidence that's linking him or his dad. And maybe that's why he's on trial now. His son's still a killer. <laughs> that just got away. Poor Lori. Poor Lori, girl. She living with a killer and a psychopath. I feel like Lori, they got to get divorced. They family business. What is that thing? Family business. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The only victim in all of this, I think, is Lori. Like, she really needed Sierra's prayer to find the right man. And she, she really got dealt the wrong hand in terms of... <laughs> A family life with a husband. No, because he said, because she took responsibility and said, you know, he he was like, it's impossible to maintain this level of deception. And Billy, and Billy, sorry, Andy was like, you mean because of me? And she was like, well, kind of like, yeah. And she was like, but because of me too, because I kept up this lie of this family. I'm like, well, what is the lie of the family? Is there another lie that we haven't touched? And that goes back to episode one because I said something don't seem right about this. Thing. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> like they showed up. Like perfect, you had one right. <laughs> yeah, you it. had that. So, is there something else? Is there another lie underneath everything? Because she, why would she say my lie too? Because I was like, why is it your lie? I mean, before that, she said we've been pretending that he's innocent, blah blah blah. But then she said. It's my lie, too. Like, I've been lying, too. I'm like, what have you been lying about? You know, that just makes me think about so many things because I've also found it very interesting, which kind of goes back to what I said about the first episode. Something's not right, but there's been zero intimacy 
outside of Lori and Andy that one night in the in the closet. But I, I just mean zero, mm-hmm. like even emotional intimacy between any of them. It's all like they just kind of coexist in this space and nothing about them has ever felt like loving or warm or familial to me. And so I'm just, and the fact that Andy is so quick to keep secrets from Lori, like even with the cut up room and she asked them and I just, it's, it's something strange. How you have your wife caught off guard in one of the biggest moments of, of all your lives like that, where's the communication? And the defense attorney, she didn't know about the cut-up room either. Yeah. Yep. Poor Klein. But Lori keeps secrets from him too, y'all. Y'all know she told, she threw up on the reporter and didn't tell him nothing. Like. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, <laughs> she wasn't like one time I saw your kid trying to smash in another kid's head with a, with a bowling ball or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, they're a weird family. Latoya, you picked yeah. up on that. I was like, what's wrong with them? Yeah, definitely. Right. I was thinking they're cool. <laughs> there has got to be another secret underneath. If they do all of this and they don't reveal that there's some other secret underneath, something's going to be off about it, I feel. El- Elgin, they- let me ask you. Why? 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 Elgin, are you in film school? Did you study film? I studied film for two semesters. Okay. Then I'm going to ask you this question. <laughs> For the most part, this show is shot really clean and like head on, but there have been a couple of scenes that kind of shoot up from the bottom and they're crooked. Have y'all noticed that? Mm-hmm. When he covers wanna... the knife, he pulls the knife out and something underneath shot. And then, the, and then this episode in the kitchen, when Lori are, and Andy are in the kitchen, it's like from mm-hmm. far away and shooting up and it's kind of crooked. Do you think that's intentional? And if it is intentional, what is it supposed to mean? Um... <clears throat> Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what that means per se, but I think there's always a reason to, to what filmmakers do. So it, it is there for a reason. I just don't know the specific reason it's there for. Okay. Can you help us I out? Mean, just, yeah. from my, just from my cursory reading of film, you know, critique and stuff, I know that I know every shot has the meaning and every shot's meaning is trying to give you a feeling. So whatever you felt in that moment is probably the intention of that shot, right? So like if it shows you, you know, anytime they're in the kitchen and it shows us farther away and we're looking in, there's some feeling of alienation. You know what I mean? Anytime it shows Mm -hmm. him and he's feeling, filling up the frame is something claustrophobic that you're then feeling. You know what I mean? So whatever you're feeling when you're watching the scene is probably the intention of that shot. And to me, it feels messy, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything's been so perfect, but then we get these kind of messy shots thrown in, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I guess it just speaks to the mess of the situation and like things can look perfect, but they're not. They definitely ain't that. Okay. All right, <laughs> moving on. Right. Okay, special segment. What do you have for us today? Yeah, so we're talking about people who are innocent and wrongly convicted. And I came across a case that I thought was really interesting in California, a guy named Xavion Johnson, who was convicted of second degree murder of his four month old daughter. Um, But he was exonerated in 2017 and released from prison after 16 years, guys, he spent 16 years in prison. Here's the kicker. Two out of three experts, when they were approached by the Innocence Project, recanted their testimony against him citing new research because he had been convicted on shaken baby syndrome. But what he said was he was washing the baby in the tub and the baby fell on the cast iron tub. 
Um, but they were the the um, the doctors were convinced it was shaken baby syndrome. But since they've gotten a lot more medical evidence, and a bunch of those shaken baby syndrome cases have been thrown out um, because um, they were. It was almost like a slam dunk com conviction when they realized what, sh what shaking baby was back in the day and a convicted a bunch of people who had infants with head trauma that weren't necessarily shaking baby syndrome, if that makes sense. So um, what that made me stumble onto then was a lot of causes of wrongful convictions are unvalidated forensic science. So in this case, it was science that evolved over time, but many forensic disciplines apply techniques and methods. This is from the Innocent Project website that have not been approved by the scientific community. I was like, what? How are you convicting people on evidence that's not even scientifically proven? But it's not. When it comes to hair and fiber comparison and bite mark analysis, they had, those things have played a role in over 50% of convictions that have later been overturned by the use of DNA evidence because there has to be higher standards for forensic um, testimony. And those things are not proven yet, although they are allowed in courts. That just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And you guys know from last week, it was the um, incorrect hair analysis that got that guy 25 years. Right. So I thought it was really interesting that there's a pattern of unvalidated forensic science that gets brought up in court and that's not legit and it's convicting people. That's heavy. So, sorry, I feel like I feel like my special segment is always really depressing, guys. I don't know. <laughs> no, usually it's not so depressing, but, but we're talking about dead right. babies, whether it was an accident or not an accident, that just yeah. <laughs> gets to feel a little, feel a little low. So that takes us to news and gossip, Elgin. Yeah, on the brighter side of things. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that you know, Kay mentioned earlier there's been some talks of a season two of Defending Jacob. And there hasn't been any specifics, but that's just been, you know, running around in the air in terms of rumor and gossip. So we have, hopefully we have that to look for. I really wouldn't know what a season two of this will look like, but you know, it's it's all up to, to the makers of the show. Mm -hmm. um, we also, just like uh, Latoya mentioned earlier, we are at the series or well, season finale, if that's going to be a season two, uh, season finale of Defending Jacob, May 29th. So everyone stay tuned. And then we also had on uh, Jimmy Fallon a couple of days ago, the actor, the actress that played Lori was on there as well, talking about her experiences on the show and how it was to interact with Chris Evans and a lot of the other actors as well. So if you guys want to check that out, you can go ahead over to Jimmy Fallon's page and enjoy. And that's pretty much for uh, pretty much it for news and gossip. Sounds good. And that <laughs> takes us right on into predictions. We talked about a lot of theories and a lot of would be could be maybes, but I really want to know if you think Jacob is guilty. And what do you think? I think there will be something in in the final episode—a surprise, another bomb, a twist and turn. So tell me, what do you think is going to happen? Well, okay. let's what, just see. What, what if Jacob's kind of guilty and not quite guilty? What if Jacob was having a Matt-like relationship with Pats and then him and Pats were going to meet at the park? 
Pat sees him get into an altercation with uh, Ben and Pat takes the knife and stabs him. He rolls down the hill, the whole thing. And then they just make a pat. Let's not tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Oh, well, I think you're spot on on some parts, but yeah, Jacob killed that kid. It was a no pass involved in that. <laughs> that kid killed that kid. And then Pat, who was kind of innocent, but not really, he just a, really a stalker of children, which I mean, okay. But he wrote that suicide pact because the man coerced him to do it. And then he gonna make it seem like he killed himself, then go let the real killer get away. And that's going to have its own consequences in the end. But something happened to those two, which is why Andy is in court by himself looking depressed every time we get those, uh, the future, uh, look, look into the future, whatever, with him by himself in court throughout all eight of these episodes. So, yeah. Y'all, I just feel so surprised to both of your predictions because you two have like whole novels and I'm not really sure <laughs> what's going to happen. We're not um, sure. We're just like, I know, but like, but like, yeah, but... thought about it and you have a theory and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what my theory is. <laughs> um, man, do I, I'm like, I don't even know if I think Jacob is guilty. Like part of me is like, yes. And then part of me is like, mm -hmm. no. I don't know. What I do know is that Lori and Andy are going to get divorced. Aww. That's my prediction. <laughs> there will be no more Lori and Andy. Who's to say yeah. she even alive? Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you mean she going to die before the day? I don't know. They're not there. Why is they why are they not both there with you know her husband, the husband, you know, I don't know. It's a lot. Well, that's why I say it's not a trial. Mm -hmm. because the prosecutor is questioning Andy alone like Andy looks like he's there by himself there's no attorney there's no mm -hmm. anything um yeah I just I'll tune in <laughs> I'll tune in too maybe I mean maybe Andy's gonna take the what is it called he's gonna take the what is it called he's gonna take the stage Take the stand. No, because he's not at a stand. He's at a table. Huh? Right, and it's after the trial. How do we know it's after the trial? Oh, because he's talking about the trial. Right, 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 right. So okay. in the beginning, I was like, well, maybe it's a victim impact statement, but no, it's not that either. Um, so y'all, I'm sorry, I'm at a loss. I don't know if I think Jacob's guilty. I definitely think that Pat's is innocent. I think that Lori and Andy are going to get divorced. I think we'll see more of Billy playing an even bigger role. And Andy, I think, is going to have his fall, like whatever that fall is. So that's, that's why what I we think. definitely have a season two because there is going to be impossible to tie up all the loose ends in one episode. I agree. There's a lot just kind of hanging that we don't know. So thank you mm -hmm. all so much for joining in. That is all of the time that we have today. But before we go, will my co-host please tell our viewers where they can find you? Yep, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at host K H O S T K A Y. And y'all can find me on what is it called? Instagram. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. 
at Elgin underscore ball. And what other shows are you two hosting? Oh, I'm doing Council of Dads on Fridays and on Mondays. Every single Monday, you can catch me on the Black Hollywood Reporter. All right. And yeah, on Mondays, I am doing Avatar The Last Airbender. And then I'm also on Black Twitter discussing all your favorite news and gossip on Tuesdays. And I'm Latoya Blakely. You can find me on Instagram at Latoya period Blakely on Twitter at Blakely Latoya. And I am on Camp Getaway, um, which is a new show on Bravo on Monday nights. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.